to Making Love with your host, Colette Milan. All of us want to be loved. In this show, we'll explore how lovemaking really does make more love in your relationship and how essential real love is to good sex. Tune in for advice on how to become a better lover and how to love sex more. Here is Colette Milan. Hello. Welcome to Making Love Radio. I'm Colette Milan, and I'll be your host. With me today is my co-host, Kimberly Smith, who is my amazing executive assistant and my right-hand woman. A little bit about me. I'm a psychotherapist, a marriage counselor, and a certified sex therapist. But the most important credential I have is that I've been married for 38 years, and I've experienced firsthand the many challenges that bombard and wear down intimate connection. I've learned how to work through those challenges, how to really unconditionally love, and how to make more love in my relationship through the skills of delicious lovemaking. In this show, I'll explore with you how to have true love and great sex. In these shows, you'll learn more about how to really love how to be a better lover, and how to enjoy sex more. You'll see how lovemaking really does make more love in your relationship and how essential real love is to great sex. In today's show, we're going to talk about how hormones affect sexuality. And I am so excited about today's show. My guest today is Jeff Pollack. Jeff is a physician's assistant specializing in bioidentical hormone therapy. His practice is at Genesis Medical Institute, where he's been working for about 10 years. He's also been working with the Utah Wellness Institute for about 10 years. Jeff has helped many, many people. I know that because I have referred many clients to him. And I am one of his patients. He's helped me with my hormones. So welcome, Jeff. Are you there, Jeff? Oh, I am, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, welcome, Jeff. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm going to have you tell us about you, but first of all, I, as we're starting out, I want to tell the audience about how I learned about you, Jeff. Sure. Um, you know, I'm a sex therapist, and I've been working in the field for over 23 years, and I have about 2,000 couples that I've worked with, and um, I work specifically with uh, sexual dysfunction and especially low sexual desire in women and the challenges that that brings to couples. So one day I had a client that was a typical client, a female client who came in to me with low sexual desire. And she had always had low sexual desire all her life. And actually she was divorced And her first marriage ended in divorce due to her low sexual desire. But when she came to me, she had remarried and she was married to the man of her dreams. This man was so good to her. 
and uh, but she was starting to have some marriage problems because of her low sexual desire and she was terrified that this marriage would also end in divorce due to her low sexual desire so she came to me for help and I did my part but I also referred her to have her hormones checked and one on one visit after she had gone to see you Jeff she came back to me and told me I went to a hormone specialist and he gave me hormones and I can't believe it for the first time in my life I have real sexual desire um, she told me that she had met with you and that your approach was to get hormones at their optimal level not just normal levels I was intrigued by this. I was intrigued that someone with low sexual desire for her whole life was actually at a place where she had sexual desire due to having her hormones optimized. I was intrigued, but I was also skeptical. And I thought, I'm going to wait and see if this really lasts. She may have sexual desire now, but she probably won't be able to maintain that. So I continued to work with her, and her sexual desire continued to stay vibrant and full. So, even though I was a little bit skeptical, I started referring some of my other patients to you, Jeff, and I was very cautious about that. But all of my clients came back to me saying that you had really helped them. I would hear patients say things like, I have sexual desire again. I have good energy again. I feel less depressed and anxious. I get better sleep. I'm able to have erections again and maintain them. So um, through this show, Jeff, we're going to talk about some of the things that you do when you are helping people with sexual problems and how you help them with their hormones. So... Um, welcome, Jeff, again, and um, I want to start out saying how sexual problems are really comprehensive. Um, at our clinic, we take a biological, psychological, relationship, and se sexual development approach in helping people with, with sexual dysfunction. In our clinic, Dr. Malin and I help people with the psychological and relationship and skills factors, but we refer out to medical experts for help with biological problems like hormones. So when someone comes to us with a sexual problem, the first thing we do is have them um, we look at their bio to, we look to see if they have a biological problem and we refer them out usually to a medical person for this and now it's almost standard protocol that we refer them to you to have their hormones checked and it is really important um, that right from the be very beginning that we um, that we attend to any biological problem like a hormone problem because if we don't address that, all the psychotherapy and relationship therapy and skills trainings that we help people with doesn't have the impact. So, Jeff, I want to ask you, when a patient comes to you with a sexual problem or, or any kind of problem that involves hormones, what do you do? What is your standard protocol? 
Okay, so the initial visit, um, they'll come in and I will have them fill out a, a, a fairly extensive amount of, of paperwork just so I can get information about them. First, I want to make sure that there's not a medical reason for their problem. We want to make sure that there's nothing obvious like heart problems um, or, or diabetes or, or even you know worse things. And uh, then I want to make sure that some of the medications that they're taking are not adding to the problem. And some of the, a few that I really watch for are like birth control pills, antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications, and even some blood pressure medications. So for medical causes um, such as related to heart problems, things that reduce blood flow, we really keep an eye out for that. I find that uh, pre-diabetes and, and even insulin resistance can decrease that blood flow and make things so they just don't work quite as well. So I also evaluate their social history. We go through and, and kind of see what their lifestyle is like, what they eat, what they drink. And uh, there are a few things that can lead to problems in the sexual area, you know, certain eating habits, but... Um, also, exercise habits play a big part in that. Uh, excess caffeine intake or excess sugar intake. So I, I do go through that, not always initially, but at some point. And then uh, at that point, we send out for a full set of hormone labs. We just kind of send them out for just about every hormone we can think of. And then they come back into our office. We spend about an hour together. And during that time, we go through each hormone individually, find out where you're at, where you ought to be, and then go through the symptoms. Now, if the symptoms are there and, and the levels are below the optimal range, that's usually when we start treatment. And then once we start treatment, we kind of treat basically until the symptoms go away. We will check labs periodically, but uh, we mostly rely on symptoms because that's what really gives us a full picture of, of what's going on. The labs, unfortunately, are just a snapshot of a moment in time that will definitely give us information, but sometimes we have to uh, use our brains a little bit to see based on symptoms what's going on with the body. Thank you. That, that helps me to understand your approach. And, um, you know, I... I'm one of your patients, and I did have my hormones tested. And uh, I would like it if you'd tell the audience a little bit about what hormones you do look at, what hormones you do test um, that affect sexuality. Okay, so what I've learned over my years of doing this is, you know, there are definite uh, hormones that have a direct effect on on. Uh, sexual desire and arousal and, and actual function. But I've also learned if we leave something out, it's never going to work quite right. Hormones in your body are designed to work with each other, and, and they can be very symbiotic, meaning they, they each add to the other's effect and improve the overall outcome. And so I like to look at everything and see if anything is out of place. Now, the two major hormones uh, that affect you know, sexual desire and, and performance is testosterone and estrogen. Um, testosterone, most people are aware of that. A lot of people aren't quite aware that estrogen uh, plays such a big part. Um, 
I will also look at other things like thyroid. Thyroid is huge. Um, it affects a lot of things that we do. It's a metabolism hormone, so it affects energy, affects mood. Um, you know, when that's low, we're just tired and fatigued. We gain weight. And one thing I've learned is women, when they feel a little overweight, their desire goes down. If they're not happy, the desire goes down. If they're tired, they're not, they don't have the for it. So you've got to address all of them. Another thing we really look at are adrenals. Um, if adrenals are overreactive or underreactive, that can also cause problems um, with sexual desire and performance. So we pretty much look at everything. That's great. I, I know when I had my tests taken, I remember there were a lot of things that you tested for, like vitamin D, uh, definitely progesterone, DHEA, cortisol. There were a bunch of things. Um, so tell me a little bit more about some of those other hormones that you're looking at. Sure. So let me give you a list of kind of the things that, that we that we peek out peek at, and sometimes we do additional things for other individuals. It really kind of depends on their history and, and what suspicions I have in their initial evaluation. But we're going to test thyroid, a couple of different tests of thyroid. So you go to your doctor. A lot of times they tell you, "Oh, your thyroid's fine." Well, they do one little brief test. And it's in a big range, and it's fine, even though you have every symptom. So we're going to do some more in-depth testing on the thyroid. Also testing for estradiol, um, also for testosterone, uh, DHEA, cortisol, which are both adrenal hormones. Also look at glucose, insulin, hemoglobin A1C, which can give us an idea of insulin resistance, diabetes, prediabetes, um, we'll also look at other things that, that enhance and have an effect on hormones, such as iodine and iron, and, and, and there's even a few others which are not popping in my head off, off the top of my head, but, but those are the things we look at. I was really impressed when I uh, worked with you how comprehensive you were. In fact, before I ever went to work with you myself, I would get the testing from my patients that I had referred to you, and I was just extremely impressed with how comprehensive you were and how you tested so many things that were affecting sexuality. Um, Jeff, you specialize in bioidentical hormone therapy. What do you mean by bioidentical? Okay, so bioidentical means I absolutely identical to what the body makes. And that means once we put those hormones into your body, and there are different methods for getting them in, and, and which I base a lot on, on symptoms and what, what we're trying to accomplish, but the body can't distinguish it as any different than its own hormones. So if there's thyroid, if there's progesterone, if there's estrogen, your body uh, will not work any differently with that than it will with your own. And so, in a sense, we, it, is, it is a little bit of manipulation because once these levels decline after a certain age, we really don't see their return. So we kind of, uh, the idea is to put their body back in the state that it was at a, in their early 20s. And that's usually when things are optimal, although not every you know, early 20-year-old is optimal, but we try to get you to that top end. And like I said, we're aiming for that, but we're really 
treating until the symptoms and the problems go away. If the levels look normal and, and the symptoms are still there, we will usually continue to treat until they can say those problems are gone. Yeah, I I am really impressed but with bioidentical hormones. I know I myself am on bioidentical hormones and I was really afraid to go on hormones because I had heard about cancer risk, but I felt a lot safer with going on bioidentical hormones because like you said, they are they have the same chemistry as um, your body's hormones. Absolutely. Is that right? Okay. That is correct. In fact, you know, a, a lot of traditional medicine tries to villainize estrogen. And, and the truth is, when you were 16, 18, or 20, your body made a lot of this stuff. And so we like to say that it's going to cause some medical problem, maybe breast cancer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe heart disease or blood clots. And it didn't back then, and it doesn't now. We do know that some of the synthetic or non-human estrogens or hormones do have some dangers to them. And there have been tons of studies done on bioidentical hormones, and to date, every single study has come back not only showing that there are no increased risks, but they are actually decreased by being on those, including cancers and heart disease, Uh, but even more importantly, just general quality of life, vigor, and vitality. Yes. You know, Jeff, I don't want to take a break, but it's time that we have to take a break. I just want to come right back to what we're talking about. So we're going to take a break, and audience, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Jeff Pollock, and we'll be talking about how hormones affect sexuality. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan, and I'm here today with physician assistant, Jeff Pollack. We're talking about how hormones affect sexuality. So, I want to come back to what we were talking about, Jeff, and I just want to ask you, how do bio-identical hormones, how are they different from what a regular medical doctor might prescribe? Okay, yeah, they are, they are actually quite different. So when your doc prescribes something, he typically, more or less, there's, there's a book that tells you what to prescribe based on a certain disorder. Now, your doctor may order, you know, may ask you to get on a certain hormone. Commonly, these are in the form of birth control pills. Um, even thyroid is, is, is different. So the way bioidenticals are different is bioidenticals are 100% identical to the human body, uh, its own hormone. And so what is interesting is, and, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, you can't put a patent on anything that the body makes, any hormone. And so what a big drug, drug company will do is they'll take these hormones, they'll take estrogen, they'll take testosterone, progesterone, and and everything, and what they'll do is they will start to make changes in it. They'll add a chain here or there. They'll take something away. And as a result of that, what it does is it creates side effects. And some of the side effects you like, it, you know, you, you may get a result of, well, that helps with acne or that stops my period or, or something of that sort. Um, but there's always bad side effects. So when you're taking these these non-bioidentical hormones that are different than human than the human body, um, it can actually be fairly dangerous. Um, it's been known to cause blood clots um, in a synthetic form of progesterone. It's even been shown to increase the risk of, of breast cancer slightly. So the difference with what we are using, these are, these are exactly identical to the human body. And so the body knows what to do with it. And... It works the way the body meant it to work. And as a result, there, in fact, there are not only no real side effects when everything's working and balanced, but uh, it decreases potential for, for um, you know, issues down the road and can prevent potentially certain types of problems and diseases. 
Wow, that, that makes me, question. yeah, that <laughs> so answers it. And it makes me feel really good. You know, it makes me feel a lot safer. So Absolutely. now, you know, you know, I'm a sex therapist and I work with different sexual problems that people come in with. And I want to ask you, what hormones do you look at when you are trying to help a woman who has low sexual desire? And what do you okay. do for a woman that has low sexual desire? Okay, first of all, I will take a look at a few things, kind of like I mentioned earlier. We're going to make sure that there aren't some medications that are causing a problem. We get a lot of women who come into our office uh, on birth control pills, and these women will tell me, yeah, you know, I, I had such a good sexual drive, and then uh, everything just changed at some point. And then we can usually kind of figure out, well, when did you take birth control pill? And it was sometime after that that, their their drive dropped down to nothing. Um, and so so we'll look at all those options. And then what we're going to do is take a look at the different hormones, see what's going on, and try to put them on everything that is not optimal. And then we try to balance. But specifically, we're going to really aim to try to get testosterone levels pushed up kind of to the tippy top of the female range. And And you've got some room to play around there. Now, Keep in mind, we don't work with, you know, with women, we don't push you to male levels. So a lot of women get worried about uh, abnormal hair growth or acne, and certainly that can happen, but not typically with the doses that we work with. And you can get fairly aggressive with it uh, and almost achieve whatever it is that you're looking for. So that's, that's kind of how we, we, uh, we deal with that. Thank you. So what hormones do you look at when you're trying to help a man who comes in with low sexual desire? Because the people that come in to me are, are more dominantly women who struggle with low sexual desire. But lately, I've been having men coming in with low sexual desire. In fact, it's been really surprising to me that I'm having men, even in their 20s, coming into me with low sexual desire. So what do you do to help a man that's struggling with low sexual desire? Okay, once again, we do look at all the medications and look for any potential health issues that could be causing it. And when those are ruled out, we get a whole panel of hormones and we take a look at everything. Now, most people think, uh, unfortunately, that there's only one real main hormone in, in a male's body and that's testosterone. Well, we have a lot of other things too. We've got estrogen, we've even got progesterone, just not the same doses and, and amounts in our body as, as women. We have thyroid and we have adrenals, so it's important to look at all of those for men also. So one thing I didn't mention about women, estrogen is super important for women also in their sexual desire and performance. But the interesting part is that it's also super important for man's sexual desire. We used to think that estrogen was really bad and not healthy for men and it, you know we just want to stay away from it. And more recent studies actually show that not only is it okay, but it's really good and healthy. In fact, when men start losing their estrogen, their sex drive does drop. And oftentimes that participates in performance issues, erectile dysfunction. And so we've been kind of skipping the estrogen part for a long, long time. And then when men were treated with testosterone, they would put them on something that would suppress their estrogen levels. And 
they're wondering why things still aren't working well. So now we know that estrogen and testosterone are important. So what we do is we'll put somebody on testosterone, and we do know that testosterone does convert to estrogen, and we allow that to happen. Now, there are signs of too much. We watch for those things, but uh, we will definitely like that conversion, and they'll live a better life. Their mind will, be, will work a lot better, including memory. So that's kind of what we look at with men. And there's a, there's a few other things. We've got to make sure adrenals are working okay. Uh, that can have a definite impact and cause a decline in, in uh, sexual desire and performance. This is why I have you on the show, because you're bringing in so many things that I think most of us don't really realize. You know, I had a male client that I referred to you, and I don't know if he was in his late 20s or his early 30s, but he was a pretty young man, and he was struggling with low sexual desire and low energy and problems getting and maintaining erections. And he just was really sluggish and depressed when he came in. And uh, I referred him to you. And I told him to work with you and then come back in to see me in about a month. And so that's what he did. And then I saw him a month later. And I saw him in the waiting room, but I didn't recognize him (laughs) because he just didn't look the same. I mean, he wasn't, before he was just like so down and so sluggish. And he, he just looked really different. He had, he was happy. He had high energy. And when I got him into my office, he reported, you know, that he had his energy back, his depression was down, and that he was able to, he had sexual desire, and he had, was able to have erections and maintain them, um, and uh, I've referred, before I found out about you, I've referred patients, especially male patients, you know, with these kinds of problems, especially men, younger men, um, that are struggling with Uh, low sexual desire or erectile dysfunction, I've referred them to sexual medicine doctors. And a lot of the doctors would do testing and they would go, you're in the normal range for your hormones, so you're fine. But the patient's going, I I don't feel fine, (laughs) you know. And I was just really frustrated because I wasn't getting results. And we were just hanging there and I wasn't able to help these patients, these, these male clients. But Jeff, one thing I've been really impressed with you about is that your approach is to put patients at optimal levels of hormones and so I want you to tell us more about that theory that you have of helping a patient get at optimal levels of hormones rather than just normal levels. Absolutely so first of all I think it's important to understand that based on lab results it's almost impossible to base where that where an individual needs to be uh, just based on looking at numbers. Um, everybody's own personal normal is a little bit different from somebody else's, and it may be in the right vicinity, but even slight elevation or slight decline in something will prevent you from reaching the full potential. So I've learned a long time ago, the only way to really know how much hormone is in the cellular area that the cells have and can respond to is by asking questions. So my job is, is once I get them on hormones, I just ask question after question after question, 
which will give me an idea of where we're at. If certain questions uh, are answered and, and I feel like it's a little bit too high, we back her down. And usually what we're aiming for is what we call a sweet spot. That's when you get every hormone right in that spot where it needs to be, and that's where you start getting that symbiotic effect. And that's when you start getting the life-changing features. And there are plenty of people doing hormones, but the problem is, is, is so many of them, and, and I know there are some that, are, that do a really good job, but so many of them are just still inside that box, still trying to focus on getting somebody to the number. In fact, um, a few years ago, many years ago, when I first started, I, I did focus on the numbers. And one thing I learned is when you get somebody with perfect-looking labs, that's usually when they feel the worst. And so <laughs> once you do get labs and you're on hormones, you'll see things up and down a little bit, but kind of close. But if you try to make it perfect by lab, they're going to feel terrible. Wow, that, that's just so counterintuitive. So, Jeff, you know, I'm excited because somebody just called in with a question. And uh, even though I'm on a roll, I have more things along the, this line that I want to ask you. I want to I take uh, a second to address this person's question. And um, someone called in and said, how does a person get back to sexual activity after not being sexually active and this might be a question that both of us would want to address but on your part uh, tell me again her question was how does a person get back to sexual activity after not being sexually active okay yeah and that's and that's interesting because i've run into that before sometimes mm -hmm. they're not even coming into my office to try to regain that but it come back automatically when you start mm -hmm. taking care of things so, again, we look at the hormones, we see where they're at. Now, the problem is if after a certain age or you're, you're uh, postmenopausal, you're going to find that um, a vaginal lining is, is going to thin, and so it becomes extremely uncomfortable, and there are tears, and, and there's also dryness and, and, and a host of other problems. It, it, it basically, uh, once you start going through menopause, uh, I hate to put it this way, but the whole female system kind of starts to die out or shrivel up in a sense. Oh, and, man. Uh, <laughs> I know. It, it happens Come to the best on. of them, but it, it doesn't have to. And we know that estrogen alone is huge in that. It keeps the female parts working and more vibrant. It, it'll get rid of vaginal dryness. It will thicken up the vaginal lining, so it'll actually reverse. This is why we call what we do anti-aging medicine, because it reverses a lot of these things that occur with aging. And then, of course, once we start adding in these hormones, then sexual desire does start coming back. And then they do start having sex. In fact, um, I've got an interesting story. I had a, a lady in her, I, I think she was in her early 70s, if I, re if I recall, this is several years back, um, I put her on hormones, and then I got this frantic call from her, and she said, I'm having a big problem, you've got to fix it. I said, well, what's the problem? She said, well, 
three times this week I've had to call my husband from work and, and tell him to come home and satisfy me. <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. <laughs> and the problem with that was he was good once, maybe twice, but things just stopped working. And so she said, you really need to bring my sex drive down. This, this is not good. I can't not have something that's not working. And so... I didn't actually bring her sex drive down, but I did get her husband in. <laughs> we fixed that problem. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> we is like great. Newlyweds again. That That's is so cute. That is a great story. Um, you know, I wanted to just mention something from my end. Um, you know, you take care of the the biological, but I work with the psychological and relationship and skills aspects. And one thing I like to tell people is, don't wait until you do feel sexual again. I mean, um, even if you don't feel like having sex or again, it's kind of hard to get back into sexuality because it's been so long since you've been um, sexual, it feels kind of like breaking the ice. Um, I really encourage people to um, make sure that if they do have sex, that it's good for them. I don't want, a, like, for instance, a woman that's having pain with sex. I don't want her to go into having sex that's painful. Um, but I do encourage people to not just wait until your hormones kick in, but actually to start setting up um, a regular lovemaking times. Um, and it's just kind of like they work together. It seems like sometimes when people are um, going back into being sexual that the hormones also start kicking in and support them. So I encourage people not to wait until the sexual desire comes, but to start actually investing into their love life. So Jeff, darn, I am getting concerned that uh, there's so much we want to talk about, and I hope we're going to have enough time to talk about all the things we want to. But it's time to take another break. And so um, everybody just stay tuned. We'll be right back with Jeff Pollock, uh, a physician's assistant who specializes in bioidentical hormone therapy. And he'll be telling us more about how hormones affect sexuality. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Garino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. My 
live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan, and I'm here today with physician assistant Jeff Pollack. We're talking about how hormones and how hormones affect sexuality. Um, during the break, um, someone had a question about iodine. And A-Rod, can you ask that question? Sure. So, hey Jeff, this is uh, A-Rod. I just wanted to Hi. ask a couple <laughs> questions. How does an individual get back iodine into their system? Oops, I'm sorry, say that a little bit louder. He asked about getting iodine back or into your system. Good question. So, and it's interesting because at this day and age, we see a lot of iodine deficiency. And, uh, you know, we used to have use a lot more iodized salt. Now we use a lot of sea salt, and it, it doesn't have iodine in it. So we're seeing even greater amount of iodine deficiency more than ever. And it's super important for everything, including hormone function, thyroid function, and is definitely problematic right now, I think, for us as a society. But getting it in is, is just basic supplementation. We have uh, particular um, supplements, and I like to use food supplements, meaning it's iodine that comes from an actual food. Uh, it's usually dehydrated food that's condensed, dehydrated, put it into a capsule. But that's that's my best way of seeing the uh, of the iodine. And, and you can actually do a self test if you're curious to see if your iodine is low. You can actually uh, buy some regular iodine at the store. Just put use a cotton swab, put a little bit on your arm, and see how long it takes for it to disappear. And if it takes more than about 16 hours, then you probably don't need iodine. If it takes less than 16 hours, um, the, the lesser amount is the more you need it. So that's oh, how we can deal with that. I wonder how many people are going to do that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jeff, I, you know what? I'm starting to realize that I am probably going to have to have you come back on the show. You might have to just be the the medical person that I refer to on our shows um, because I have so many important questions to ask and I'm not going to get to ask all of them so we might have to have you come back but sure. I want to I want to come into something that uh, I think is important and that is you were talking about perimenopausal or, or 
menopausal women and how you know we start having these physical problems like our skin you know thinning out and start having pain and things like that I know for me I planned on when I went through menopause I just thought I am not going on hormones I've had all my children natural I don't need to go on hormones but I started to have some really serious symptoms for me going through perimenopause and menopause which was I got really bad hot flashes and night sweats and I would just be drenched every night and I wouldn't get the sleep I needed and then I'd come into work and I was exhausted and I, my memory was starting to fail me and I realized that I had to do something about this or I, I was going to lose my business. And so uh, I went and got some help with another person that does bioidentical uh, hormone therapy. That was before I met you. And it the the hormones that she prescribed for me really really helped me and um they took away my symptoms uh so that i was able to not have the night sweats anymore and i was able to have good memory but what i want to say here is a lot of women when we go through menopause we assume we're going to lose our sexuality but for me it was just the opposite when I went on these bioidentical hormones there was a bonus that I was not expecting to happen to me which was I was now taking hormones consistently just the right optimal amount of hormones and it was like consistent and it was every day I was just having this really great sexual desire and even though I'm older like I'm 65 my sex drive is higher than it's ever been and it's consistent and my husband loves it <laughs> you know I feel like I'm losing my looks but my husband says I wouldn't I wouldn't trade you for how you were in your 20s and 30s because you know your sexual desire was all over the place and usually very low but now I have really consistent abundant sexual desire um, tell me a little bit about your experience with uh, women that are uh, either perimenopausal or, or menopausal. Absolutely. You know, I would say that women, uh, perimenopausal women are probably the most common uh, individual that comes into my office because it's changing and they know it and they're freaking out about it and they don't know what to, what to do about it. And, and usually the biggest thing uh, that people notice when they start this process, and I'll explain what it is, is weight gain. So if all of a sudden weight starts coming on, and, and oftentimes in areas where it used to not come on, like maybe right around the middle, then you know, you, depending on your age, you may be starting to go through this process. And in addition to that, usually what starts to happen is the mood starts swinging all over the place. Some people get quite irritable or just downright mean. Um, PMS starts to get worse, and it's a little bit different for each person. Sometimes the periods get heavier or irregular, or sometimes they're unaffected. But usually they start getting and developing um, anxiety, and, and uh, then they'll start getting, as, as they further into this perimenopausal process, they will start getting, um, well, additional problems all across the board, including uh, uh, 
significant drop in, in sex drive. And that's hard on a relationship because suddenly my, my wife is, is no longer nice all the time and I don't know what I'm going to get each day, but now she also has no interest in sex. And the problem, the thing that happens is your body actually, I'm not going to go through the extreme details, but it no longer stays within a certain rhythm of estrogen. Your estrogen normally stays within a certain range and kind of bounces up and down. Well, now what happens is, is those limits, the upper limit and the lower limit, kind of get lost. So then your estrogen starts shooting and spiking way up, and then it starts dropping down. And so when you shoot way up, that's what causes anxiety, irritability, meanness, and then all of a sudden it may drop all the way down and then you're getting, you know, memory loss and, and you get vaginal dryness and, and hot flashes and sweats and things like that. So this is what we deal with day in and day out. And, and I'd probably say about 80% of my cases, the rest are probably more in the menopausal area. Um, and actually by getting all the hormones balanced, I always tell people there's always going to be a little bit of up and down shift, but instead of making an extreme uh, roller coaster, it turns into just a little kiddie ride roller coaster where it's <laughs> feelable and tolerable. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, Jeff, you know, I really have to have you come back on the show. I, you know, I, I'm going to do that. And because I just know there are going to be people with questions and I have so much more to ask you. So just know that I'm going to invite you back. But Absolutely. This, may, <laughs> this may be my last question. But you know, what's really interesting is you're telling me that I think I heard you right, that about 80% of your clientele is older women going through perimenopause and menopause. Is that right? Is that what That's you said? correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what's interesting, Jeff, is... That isn't what's going on in my office. And maybe that's because when women are going through a perimenopause or menopause, they go to a medical person. But the women, I mean, the highest number of people coming into me are women in their 20s, believe it or not. And, and that is just so surprising because women in their 20s and 30s are at their prime. They're beautiful, they look really sexually desirable, and a lot of times we think they have great sex drive. But the largest number of people coming to me are women in their 20s and 30s and their husbands who are really frustrating, are frustrated because here they are with this beautiful woman who has low sexual desire. So um, I don't know... I don't know what to do about this because um, my understanding, and you tell me if I'm right, is that we don't want to tamper with the hormones of women that are in their childbearing years. Um, and I remember that was just the hardest time for me because there were times of the month that uh, m my hormones just didn't support my sex drive. So, and, and we're going to have to like end in just a few minutes, but if you could address that a little bit, and then I want to bring you back on the show to go more in depth into it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Okay, uh, sorry, what was the last part of that question one more time? Just, um, I just have a question about... You know, when you're going, like, for instance, if a woman's going through perimenopause or menopause, you can give supplements, 
supplemental hormones. But can you give supplemental hormones okay. to a woman that's going through her childbearing years? Okay, so what I always say is tread lightly. Now, just because you're younger, yes, your hormones should be good and they should be balanced, but they just aren't all the time. Sometimes the minute uh, you know, a woman goes through puberty, everything changes for the worse for a really long time. So I work with women of all ages. You do have to tread a little bit more carefully, and sometimes you have to do things a little bit differently so that we don't mess with cycling and, and ovulation and things like that. So, but it's, it's something we deal with, and we have a lot of success with. And I do see a handful of, of younger girls that, that come in with a low sex drive. I, I had one actually pretty recently here uh, who I was working with just prior to getting married. Then she got married, and I just started with her. And um, there were certain things I really didn't want to touch because she was, she was young. And then she came in the office and said, we're already having marital tr- troubles because I just don't want to have sex. I did for the first few weeks, and now I don't want to have it anymore. So that was an interesting uh, situation. Um, I did know that some of her other hormones were low, but what I chose to do is tread lightly with certain things like testosterone. And um, again, if, if you're careful and you do things the right way and the proper methods, it won't have any negative impact upon ovulation and, and your, your cycling. And so oh. it took a couple of months, but she actually came around real nicely. And she said she's having a good time and she's getting a lot along a lot better with her husband. But it's definitely something that we deal with because, unfortunately, problems are not just with women in their, you know, 40s and 50s and 60s. It's it, Sometimes some of these people down the road, when they come in to see me, will tell me, well, this has been going on since I was 20 or 25 or something like that. So yeah. my personal opinion is step in and do what you can to fix the problems and uh, their life will be a lot better and their relationships. So That's I, right. I don't think it, it's fair to wait for them. Yeah. You know what? I just, I feel rude because I'm breaking in, but we, we've got to end the show. And this is just so hard for me. But Jeff, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to bring you back. I know people are going to have more questions for you. And I just want to say to everybody, if you want to know more about Jeff, visit his website at www.genesisinstitute.com. That's G-E-N-E-S-Y-S-I-N-S-T-I. T-U-T-E at dot com and Jeff is at Genesis Medical Institute um, he's in Midville, Utah his phone number is 801-671-7456 thank you Jeff so much for being on this show okay. And next week, I want to tell you that we are going to have another fabulous show. We're going to have Dr. Diana Hopp with us, who wrote the book, Healthy Sex Drive, Healthy You, What Your Libido Reveals About Your Life. Dr. Hoppy is an OBGYN who helps women with their sexuality, and she's been working in this field for many years. So... Um, 
let's end, I want to just remind you to visit our website at www.sextherapyutah.com where you can listen to any of our radio shows at your convenience. And you can also find out more about me and my husband, Dr. Mark Malin, and the work that we do to help couples have a better love life. Again, that website is www.sextherapyutah.com. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook. And until we meet again, have a great weekend. And remember, making love really does make more love in your relationship. And real love is essential to great sex. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to join your host, Colette Milan, for another edition of Making Love next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great weekend. And remember these two things. Lovemaking really will make more love in your relationship. And real love is essential to good sex.